I'm getting used to this. Gonna have to start finding some new celebration songs because we're running this one ragged. It's a celebration. Oh, how sweet it is, folks. Seven and three. And a half game out of the number one seed in the AFC, by the way. Uh, Fly, Eagles, fly tomorrow night. But we're going to talk about the Browns tonight. A 13-10 victory over those bastards from Pittsburgh. That's right. The Browns beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 13-10. Down on the lakefront. And we're going to get into our text conversations because I was in full-on poop mode in the fourth quarter of that game. But I'll tell you what, DTR was horrible in the second half, but he put together that one drive. That's all we needed, and we won. 7-3, Steelers fall to 6-4. and four. Hopefully those cockroaches will start dying off. And we are also a half game behind Baltimore for the division lead. And we're going to talk about it. Welcome into the Browns LOTL postgame show. Week uh, uh, 12? 11. Week 11 edition. I'm Dan here with Steven as always. And there's a party going on in here right now. Because we just beat Baltimore and Pittsburgh in back-to-back weeks. Something that I'm pretty sure I saw on Twitter has never happened in franchise history. Now, we've only played Baltimore for 20 years, so I guess for 20 years. But in franchise history, it's the first time this has ever happened. As John Gruden would say, we've been playing 25 25- Years. I've never seen that. I've been coaching 25 fucking years. I've never seen that. Uh, we have never seen that until today. That feels really good, folks. Usually I fade it out, but let's just play it. It's our anthem, man. Seems like we're playing it every week. We're kicking off Rivals Week with a win. We don't talk about Ohio State on this podcast, but the game is on Saturday. And boy, in that game, which we're not going to talk about, but in that game, I don't know that there's ever been as much at stake. Not ever. since 2006. But even so, with all, number two. with all the cheating stuff going on in Michigan, like, like, okay, real quick, I'll get into this game, and I'll just say this by one statement. Ohio State cannot lose on Saturday. 
As in they cannot or they should not? Cannot. Okay. That is a mandatory win. You can't have Michigan going through all this all this nonsense, uh, cheating stuff, which they got caught, and them to not have Harbaugh on the sidelines for that game, you cannot lose because, I mean, Ryan Day might as well just not even – he just might might as well resign on the spot if they lose because you will never live that down. So it would be worse <laughs> than Mike Tomlin losing to a Browns less Kevin Stefanski in the playoffs years about because it'd be, it'd be basically that. Oh, 100%. Well, Mike Tomlin hadn't been losing the last previous two years against the Browns in the playoffs. You're using a very finite uh, time frame there. I mean, it was all Ohio State domination for two decades prior to that. Oh, okay. I understand that. But also, Ryan Day, if he loses uh, on Saturday, is 1-3 against Michigan as a head coach at Ohio State. That's a more valid stat. So, that a lot of the previous success that Ohio State had against Michigan was not in the Ryan Day era. So, so by the way, by the way, so. all that to say, I actually think Ohio State's going to win pretty handily against Michigan. Michigan has not looked good the last two weeks without, uh, uh, without Harbaugh. Well, yeah, yeah. without Harbaugh, um, they almost they almost uh, pooped that game away uh, yesterday to Maryland. Yeah, they were playing Maryland. You know, at least the week before that, they were against Penn State. And Ohio, say for and Ohio State is good. Ohio State is throttling teams right now. They're Maryland's not. They're not, not playing their. They're not playing their starters in the fourth quarter of the last two weeks. So, um, anyway, that's a quick Ohio State Michigan uh, plug. The game is this week. So, uh, go Bucks. Uh, you, know. you know, one other thing I did want to mention about that game. Okay. Unlike last year, I don't think there's going to be a safety net for the loser of this game because Georgia's undefeated, Washington's undefeated. Florida State's undefeated. So yeah. you're in a situation well, where unless it's those teams take on water at some point, you know, whoever wins this game is going to be the fourth team well, in the speaking, college football speaking playoff. Of, speaking, those of, three. speaking of Florida State, uh, they just lost their quarterback. He snapped his leg uh, this past week. So uh, they still want – he did that early in the game. They still went on to win the game. So I don't know what that does for their – I don't know who they're going to play in the ACC championship game. but It's going to be Louisville, I think. Um, so we'll see there. And then if they, if they don't have their starting quarterback, the playoff committee is not going to look, uh, is not going to look kindly on that. So, um, not that that's their fault, but no, they're not going to, they're not going to put, they're not going to put them in the playoff over another undefeated, uh, team. Not over another undefeated team. No, but I'm saying that if Florida State does finish on being, they are going to get in over the loser of this game. You yeah. have to think. You would think so. Yeah, I, I don't think you could keep out a undefeated Power Five uh, conference champion. No, it's never happened before. Not no, not that I'm aware of. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, that is for another day. Uh, yeah. So, but the Cleveland Browns, listen, it's weird to me because I've gone from uh, setting my expectations to. If we had done what we'd done and go and se- gone to seven and three, and we still had Deshaun Watson at quarterback, I think I think you have to say that the Browns are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. But no with, doubt about but it. But with with Dorian Thompson Robinson, and we'll get into the minutia of the game and how he played and how you know all that. Um, you can't say the say you can't say that for the Browns now. 
You just can't. He's a he's a I mean I mean unless he's gonna go Brock Purdy. I'd like to think that he's as good as Brock Purdy, but he's not. Well, I accor- I was gonna say, according to you, that that's that's an easy a- answer. You're a you're a you're a big Brock Purdy guy. And originally, now you did come around to the right side. You originally thought that the Browns are gonna get throttled today. I've been all over the place this week. I came out thinking that the Browns were gonna blow out Pittsburgh because we just beat in Baltimore and Deshaun Watson played the best half of football he had maybe ever yep. last week in the second half. Then we found out on Wednesday that he's out for the week for the season. Yeah. And it's like, oh gosh, that's not good. And then later that same day or the next morning we found that Dorian Thompson Robinson was gonna be starting this game. And then that just plunged me into the seventh level of hell. And I was like, Okay, <laughs> Pittsburgh is not only gonna beat us, they're gonna make us look horrendous. They're probably gonna beat us by twenty or thirty. And Thompson Robinson's gonna turn it over like four or five times. Well good thing you did against good Baltimore. Thing, good thing you waited till today yeah. to place that but bet. Then yeah, as the, as the week progressed, and we got to Saturday, it seemed like everybody and their mother was saying the Browns were going to win this game. I'm like, I'm like, come on, guys. Really? Which you could construe one of two ways. Like, everybody is saying that the Browns are going to win against Pittsburgh. Yeah, which makes no intuitive sense. But yeah. then, yesterday, we're helping your brother Mike and his wife Jamie move you know, from yep. one house to another in the fab city of Brunswick. Debatable. And, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um, and I asked this question to your dad, who I think is like when it comes to sports and Cleveland teams, the biggest pessimist I know. And he had the Browns winning this game too. I was like, okay, I'm throwing in the towel. The Browns are going to win this game. (laughs) And that's funny. Boy, it turns out everybody was right, but barely. And it was, you know, to use the soccer analogy, this game in particular in the second half, after Pittsburgh's first play of the second half or first drive of the second half looked like a game where it was nil nil and there was a lot on the line and neither team, they were just kicking it around the midfield for 90 minutes. Nobody wanted to make the, try to make the big play to score, to win the game. Both teams were largely concerned with not losing the game. And that's just, that's kind See, of where I, that's kind of where we were at, and given how the from the Browns' perspective, given how the first game with Pittsburgh went, I get it. Like, it was the Pittsburgh defense that won the game for them in, in week two, and it seemed like the Browns' primary objective was to not let that happen again today. And you took exception with this, big exception with this during the game. Yeah. So. I'll go, but I'll go at it with a different perspective. I'll, I'll stick with the soccer analogy. I, this game to me felt like, what's the most dangerous lead in, in soccer? Oh boy, uh, two nothing, two nil. Okay, the Browns are up two nil at halftime. Basically, we're up two scores. Yeah, and then Pittsburgh literally, as the second half started, hit us with a haymaker right out of the yeah, gate. like a like a like a shot from out of the box into the upper ninety. Yep. And then it's two to one, and now you're on you're in full blown panic mode. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I that's what I felt. And then the Browns, like you said, the Browns basically the second half were just kicking it around the midfield and not doing anything, not going backwards. Well, actually, they were going backwards for most of the second <laughs> half, but they they certainly weren't going forwards. Um, so it's forwards. forwards. It, it truly was park the bus gridiron style. Yeah, that's basically what they that's basically what they were doing, and that's what Kevin Stefanski was doing. Listen. I did not like that strategy because I saw us 
uh, basically have the same game plan as the first half. The first half it was working, but Pittsburgh went into halftime and they adjusted. They said, we're taking all of the short stuff away, all of it. And also the Browns couldn't run the ball in the second half. So my Which is thing, a really big problem. My thinking big was problem. my thinking was they are they are crowding all of our receivers. They are jump starting to jump routes. That the middle of that the middle to the end of that third quarter was prime for a double move deep ball. Even if you don't hit it. Like let's say worst case scenario, you do that and safety comes over the top and intercepts it. That's like a punt. Actually, what I was a lot more worried about would be strip sack fumble score. Well, because yeah, we either because well, we yeah. can't block for long enough to get a receiver down the field for a deep shot. Either that or a pick six. But actually, we actually blocked pretty well. The, the Steelers only registered six pressures on us all day. They Credit did, to the offensive, our offensive line, line for that. and pass protection held up very well. Uh, so I, I didn't think that was a problem. I you know obviously and. Stefanski justifiably was correct. The Browns ended up winning the game with his uh, strategy. Now, DTR did throw an interception in the second half, but that was more so. That like was a, not on him. No, that at was like all. a tip ball up in the air. You know, that wasn't really his. Cooper should have had the catch, or at the very least, it. I don't know. I, I'd have to go back and watch the play. You seem to think that the defender made a actually made a play on that. I thought it was a drop, but well, first it was thrown behind Cooper, so he's running and he's running an in route, and it's thrown to his outside shoulder, so he's reaching back. The ball. Does hit his hands, but the the receiver. Listen, we in the second half we didn't have until that final drive, which I don't know what the hell the Steelers did on that final drive defensively. But uh, anyway, we'll get to that. The second half we didn't have a guy open the entire second half, not a single guy. Not really. We weren't running routes down the field, and they were like basically, okay, you're not gonna you're not running anybody deep. All right, well, we're gonna press you every single every single guy. Nobody was open at all. And to me, the guy that was dropping passes was Njoku. He had like four drops. Oh, he, like was, all he was awful half, today. Basically. And he, look, look, he admitted it in in uh, in the post game. So credit to him for you know it's a lot easier obviously to do that. Like yeah, I played like crap, but you know we won, so you know it's not that bad. I'm just gonna hopefully fix the mistakes. If we had lost because like you know balls went through his hands and stuff, that would have been bad. Uh, but yeah, he had he had his worst game of the season. Um, he had 15 targets, and he only had seven catches. Hmm. He had four drops. So, um, yeah. And listen, David Njoku's had his best season as a professional this year. So, and we won the game. So, you know, not going to get on him too it's much. water under the bridge now. Right. It's a lot easier to learn after a win than it is a loss. So, uh he also dropped a touchdown pass, which he should have caught. It was a beautiful throw by uh, DTR. Uh, back shoulder throw, low, away from the defender, and he just yeah. he just dropped it. Aside from the coaching and the play calling, which we can debate, debate until kingdom come, I mean, I know a lot of you out there were extremely perturbed at how conservative the Browns were in the second half today. I was but, in the like, moment. Now I'm okay <clears throat> with it because I understand what Stefanski was doing. He was trying to mitigate risk the yeah. whole second oh, half. Oh, absolutely he was. I, and I think it would have worked a lot better had we not gotten popped for that 75-yard touchdown on the second play of the second half. Yeah, if, if there's a criticism of the strategy in the second half, it's the fact that they had a plan coming out of the locker room. But when Pittsburgh hit that long touchdown, they didn't go away from it. 
they they still are like okay we're we still don't think Pittsburgh's offense can get over 12, get over ten points or thirteen points. Yeah, and look, which was a gamble. Yeah, and it was ultimately, much more of a gamble. Ultimately, it worked, but didn't look like it was going to work, especially when they tied the game ten to ten. Because I thought there's like the way the second half was going, we weren't scoring again. Nah, it didn't look like it. So when Pittsburgh ended up tying the game, I was like, oh great, and and you know how this is how Pittsburgh's season has gone up to this point. Their three losses, they've gotten blown out. Their six wins, they're all within one score. They don't lose one score games. Yeah, they really don't. They they had won nine in a row, actually, which is a franchise yeah. record going so, back to last season. So when we were up ten nothing at halftime, I think I texted the group, I said I said seventeen points is gonna win this game because I thought if the Browns were able to score again and get up by three scores, they were probably gonna end up winning that game like seventeen to three. And yeah, obviously, probably. like we've talked about Pittsburgh hitting that 75-yard uh, touchdown run on the second play of the first half uh, threw everything into a tizzy. But, listen, credit to Kevin Stefanski. He kept with their game plan. He was not going to get out of it. He it, it was all about mitigating risk. So, look, I got to give him credit. And, and listen, I have not been the most staunch supporter of Kevin Stefanski. That's well documented. I don't think I've been unfair to him. I've never I've never called for his job. But listen, I tweeted it after the game. I I would be extremely pleased if tomorrow morning the Browns announced like a five year contract extension with Kevin Stefanski. That'd be a power move. Listen to what we just talked about to open the show. For the first time in franchise history, the Browns have beaten the Ravens and the Steelers in back to back weeks. That is what this is all about. The Browns in the first uh, the first month or six weeks of the season put themselves behind the eight ball by losing to Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Now, we beat Cincinnati week one, but we always beat Cincinnati, and they're done because Burrow's done for the year, so they're out. Um, and they're one and five in the AFC, which is hilarious. One and four in the AFC North. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not good. But uh, wait. One and th- no, wait a minute. Okay, that's not. No, right. they're zero and three. Yeah, they've they've not won a game. They've not AFC played North. Pittsburgh yet. They lost to us and they got swept by the Ravens. Yeah. They're zero and three in the AFC North. One and five in the AFC. They're done. Even if Burrow wasn't hurt, they they're still done. My opinion, unless they were to win out and win twelve games. Yeah, they need to win eleven at the very least. <laughs> Yeah, but they they would lose every tiebreaker, essentially. I think. But anyway, right. anyway. Yeah, but anyhow. Um. So. Yeah, I mean that is the name of the game is to beat your rivals. The Browns have now beaten our rivals at least once, all three of them at least once this year, and have a chance to go four and two in the division. They probably end up will because Cincinnati's going to have nothing to play for in Week 18, and hopefully. We're playing for seeding in Week 18. Hopefully, we're playing. If you know, if we win Week 18, we win the division. Hopefully, but again, that's that that'll only be precipitated by uh, it probably at this point if Lamar Jackson goes down with an injury. But anyway, so this there, all to say, I'm fully on board with Kevin Stefanski being our head coach for the next X amount of years. I, to me, I think now he has earned it. Especially if you think about everything that this guy has had to gone through, had to go through 
the last two years with the quarterback position. And then this year, you essentially— Quarterback position again this year. That's what I'm saying. The last two years. Last Mm -hmm. year and this year. Yeah. And then also, especially offensively on the injury front, Listen, we we went into Baltimore and won with our fourth and our fifth tackles. And let's not forget that our basically offensive MVP has been out since week two. Yeah, basically we have not had Nick Chubb the whole season, basically. Yeah. It's easy to forget about that because he's been gone for so long. But like, Right, and, yeah, and because we've been able to run the ball in his absence. Yeah, the Browns didn't do a very good job Not of that today. overall. I mean, they did a decent job in the first, first half. half. Yeah, they they didn't do much. See, there's one criticism I have of of the game plan, and the play calling in the second half. It's that we passed the ball way too much. Yeah, we we did not yeah. run the ball nearly as much as we should. Especially have. in a game where literally we were never trailing in the game today. Right. I mean, we not once. With, we ended up with 43 pass attempts to 29 runs. That's, yeah. That's kind of baffling, given the opponent we were up against and given how the game went. Um, The Browns only rushed for 96 yards today. Kareem Hunt had 36 on 12 carries. Jerome Ford had 31 on 12 carries. But he had a touchdown. How about that run he had uh, when he leaped over that guy in the fourth quarter? That was fantastic. The guy coming up into the hole decided to dive, and Kareem's like, Which again, which again. We were late. It was it was getting down close. And by the way, like second and thirteen. And by the way, I want to talk about that sequence because uh, that happened with like two and a half minutes left to go in the game. And you think about your you think about it, and you're like, oh, that must have been like the catalyst play on the final drive. That wasn't even the final drive. We punted the ball back to Pittsburgh, and they went pass incomplete, pass incomplete, pass incomplete. Punted the ball back to us. They only took fourteen seconds off the clock. Pittsburgh only had one timeout going into that drive, so I I get why they didn't. You know, start by running it. So that's that's one well, factor true. Where when you don't have timeouts, it kind of restricts what you can do offensively. I agree with and that. And I think that, that hurt Pittsburgh because they had been running the ball great in the yeah. second half, whereas Kenny Pickett hadn't really done much of anything all day. I by the way, I I am I am drinking all of Steeler fans' tears on Twitter uh after the game. Them them all saying that Kenny Pickett sucks. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, no shit. <laughs> he never was good. <laughs> they're just now coming to this realization, and they're like, wow. they're yeah, and they're talking like, oh yeah, you know, comparing him to like DTR and stuff. Like that's what you're doing. This guy's a second year quarterback who you drafted in the first round, and you're comparing him to a fifth round rookie. That's not a good comparison. What are you doing at all? I love the fact that we oh my gosh. Like seriously, seriously because of the fact that I don't I now don't think we're Super Bowl contenders because uh, you know, I mean, what's going to happen if we get into the playoffs? Let's say we let's say we we slither our way into the AFC Championship game. We have to go to freaking Arrowhead and it's Mahomes against DTR. You just hope that our defense just has an incredible Well, way sure, but somehow. I'm but I'm just saying like I we got we got to live in reality. But here. like the defense hasn't shown the ability to have those types of games on the road. Yet. Yeah, that's, what, what that's I'm saying, the problem. Like, what I'm saying is like let let's say let's okay we do get into the playoffs and let's say you know the lights are too bright for a fifth round rookie and we end up you know getting beat up and losing the first round. I'm going to look back at this season with you know obviously you're going to go through the what ifs, but you know what if we had Chubb? What if we had Deshaun for the whole year? But I'm going yeah. to look at. I'm going to look at this season fondly because of this two-week stretch right here. 
there is not much more gratification I think you can get than beating your two biggest rivals back-to-back weeks. On back-to-back weeks in the heart of a heated division yes. race. Yes. Where there's everything to play for. And how it's many like Pittsburgh was 2 and 8 or Baltimore was like Agreed. 3 and 7. Like no. This is And look, the Browns have won 4 out of their last 5 games. But until today, until this week with Thursday night with with Baltimore and Cincinnati and then today when we took care of business against Pittsburgh, we've won 4 out of 5 games. Our place in the division has not changed until it's today. In third place. Until today. We had to take second place away from the Steelers ourselves. Yes. So that makes it even more gratifying that now we're in, we're in sole possession of second place. And as we talked about last week, the Browns, could, well, this seemed a little bit feasible with Deshaun Watson. But if the Browns win out, they're going to win the AFC North. And I think they're going to be, they would be the number one seed in the playoffs. I would have to agree with that because Kansas City's schedule is harder than ours. Yeah, I mean, just look stretch. just look at who they have to play tomorrow night. They got to go Philadelphia. It's they in Philly, right? That. No, it's in Kansas oh, City, it's in but, Kansas. They, but they could still lose that game. Oh sure, yeah. You know, they have to play Buffalo. Still. I mean, Philly's play, Philly's yeah. eight and one, and they haven't played their best game yet. Uh, yeah, you're. Well, I'm saying pretty the, much right. About the Eagles that. have not. They've been winning, but they have not looked great. No, right? They haven't had a game where they've put it all together. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy to think. And obviously there's reports that, uh, you know, the Browns might make a move for a veteran quarterback as soon as tomorrow, uh, with Joe Flacco being the most rumored name. He was in for a workout on Friday. Um, you know, everything is still out there. And the the great thing about this is if we just get, honestly – average quarterback play from whoever it is and they just don't turn the ball over the Browns are going to be in every game every game so it's just like man just don't like the defense is just standing there like to the offense guys just don't turn the ball over and we're going to be in every game it's yeah so Aside, but we love it today. Aside from the play calling differential, which is one thing I didn't like. The only the two other things I didn't like today. One was, you know, we talk about Dorian Thompson Robinson and the limitations he has, but the receivers have got to help out the quarterback. Yeah, they didn't have a great it day. It wasn't just Njoku. There were other guys dropping passes too. And Eli- Elijah Moore really- had a Elijah Moore had a Oh, this is something else I wanted to go to which plays off of what you were talking about. Yeah. My probably my favorite DTR play of the entire day came after one of those drops. Elijah Moore dropped the pass. That would have been a first down. The only bad thing he did all day, he had six catches on seven targets. DTR went right back to him the very next play, and he caught a pass for a first down. That is like veteran pick-up-your-receiver type stuff. Like, hey, don't worry about it. I'm coming right back to you. And he did it, and he caught it. He got the first down. I loved that. Mm -hmm. Loved that. Because how many times do you see a uh, a, a young quarterback panic after you know a couple guys drop pass and he's like well I can't throw to him anymore because he dropped one pass right no he went right back to him and I thought that was great and he also he also kind of dapped him up after the play it's like hey I told you I'm coming right back to you and he did and he caught it um so yeah and then Njoku just bad game I mean that so that was one thing I didn't like the other thing I didn't like was how bad the 
defense was against the run, particularly in the second half. Obviously, when you give up 74 on one play, it's going to look bad. Yeah. But, like, the Steelers rushed for 172 yards today. Yeah. The Steelers, you would... It's interesting. The, the Browns ended up winning this game, even though the Steelers did a better job, arguably, of game planning, making the game physical, making it AFC North-like football, quite frankly. They ran the ball better. They pressed better, you know, with the receivers on defense. But ultimately, they their limitations were just too much that they couldn't get out of. And the, the reason why, you know, through all the, the issues that the offense and, and DTR had today, he still got the ball back with about a minute and 25 or a minute and 30 left. Knew that he had to hit at least two or three plays in the passing game. Yeah. Did. Yeah. And the receivers picked him up. The offensive line blocked. And then ultimately got the got the guys into field goal range for the game-winning kick. And, I mean, Dustin Hopkins, I mean. Guy's been money all year. You know, my neighbor actually came out and talked to me about this game. He said, of the games we've played, and, and so many have come down to a final kick. It's ridiculous. The last two games, and then the San Fran game, although that was on the other foot, San Fran had a chance to beat us, and the guy missed. Yep. So, how you know, if Cade York was still here, you know, what would our record be right now? And I, my answer to him was, well, we probably would have lost one of these two games, and we probably would have lost the Indianapolis game where Hopkins had, like, seven made kicks in a game. So, yeah. I mean, that's the difference between being seven and three and five and five. Yeah, that's and listen, a humongous difference. And listen, I think uh, I think Andrew Barry deserves a ton of credit uh, on this because you know he could have been a stubborn GM and just hang, hung on to Cade York longer than he probably should have because he drafted him. You yeah. know, the Browns spent a fourth round pick on this kicker, and they realized in preseason this year, in his second year, that this is not getting it done. And they realized it, and they made the move. And they and and you know what's interesting is when they made the trade for Dustin Hopkins. If you look at his numbers going in, his numbers weren't great. I wasn't a big fan of that move at the time. I and, really wasn't. And look, you know, credit to Andrew Barry. That and coupled with uh, uh, Bubba Ventrone, our special teams coordinator, finding whatever magic they've had to find with getting Dustin Hopkins properly aligned to make all these kicks this guy is making kick after kick after kick after kick after kick i mean how many kicks has he missed this i mean he missed an extra point he missed an extra point against baltimore last <coughs> week it actually could have been very significant how but many kicks has he missed that, this year two two maybe i think he had a field goal miss in one of the other games yeah that's been it i mean so credit to andrew barry on that um and then obviously bubba ventrone I mean, it, it is absolutely night and day how much better our special teams are this year compared to years past. And let's throw Corey Bajorquez into that, too. 100%. Eight, eight punts today, 48-yard average. Yeah. He had three downed inside the 20. Just a lone touchback. He had a 65-yarder in there, too. Yeah. Like, he had 65 and 59 on two of his kicks today. Like, yeah. that matters. When you're in a game like this and points are at a premium, your punter being able to flip field position is a yeah. big weapon. In your and speaking arsenal. of that, how about uh, – how about the the refs blowing the 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 not safety that actually was a safety? Oh my god! And then not recognizing the fact that Stefanski threw his red flag trying to challenge it, they just didn't pay attention to him. Yeah. And then the next play was run. Like how does that? Happen? Oh, if I was Stefanski, I would have lost my mind. How does that happen? I would have like, lost my. Oh my mind. god! Like I, you know. 
And then we almost lucky, got a safety on the very next play. Lucky he didn't do this because, like, if I would have thrown the challenge, if I'm head coach, I throw a challenge flag, and I see him, like, getting ready to start the next play, I would be, like, running on the field. Yeah. Like, trying to get somebody's attention. Maybe I get run over by a player or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> What's the uh what what's the what's the gif the gif of uh, Belichick from earlier this year where he goes over next to the ref and he just spikes it down into the ground. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I boy, when it was 10 to 10 late in that game, me and my dad were talking. That play was looking very we're like, significant. Well, we were wasn't like we we're like, "Boy, it'd be great if we had those extra two points we should have had at the beginning of the game." And who knows if Pittsburgh would have even what was it? so when Pittsburgh kicked the field goal? What was it? It was, it was like it was like fourth and four at the nine or something like that. They would have gone for it. This then how much time was left? It was like maybe seven minutes. They probably would have gone minutes, for it, and they would have been down five. I think they probably would have gone for it in that right. situation because they would have said we're probably not going to get down there t- twice. Yeah, before the end of the game, so they would have gone for it in that situation. Yeah. Now, who knows? They might have hit it, but my guess is yeah. they probably wouldn't have. Probably wouldn't have because their quarterback so, sucks. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it did end up making the game a lot more dramatic, not having those two points on the board. Yeah. Thanks, refs. So, anyway, but listen, the game wasn't pretty. It's against a division rival. It doesn't have to be. And the Browns have turned, have now turned what uh, was looking like, you know, you're 5-3, and three and, oh, man, we've got the boogeyman coming up. It's Baltimore. It's at Baltimore. And then, you know, Pittsburgh, even though we've – We've played better at home against Pittsburgh in the last several years. You never know. It's still Pittsburgh. God, they're cockroaches. They just won't die. So you're kind of in the balance. You know, five and three, you're like, these next two games, and that's what I said. That's what I said going into these two. I'm like, these two games are going to make or break our season. Because how many years, how many times would we have come into that stretch five and three and come out of it five and five? Oh. All the time. Oh, Yeah. And with the way the AFC is shaping up, at best split, but most yeah, likely lose but both. But the way that the way that the AFC is shaping up, and if you would have lost both of those games, you'd have gotten swept by both Baltimore and Pittsburgh this year. Hot. Yeah, and you'd be five and five. So, listen, I can't speak of the job, speak enough of the job that Kevin Stefanski has done, especially navigating. You know, you had the you had the Deshaun Watson in, Deshaun Watson injury, uh, original injury with the shoulder. Uh, you know, he thought he was going to play going into the Ravens game. F- found out the morning of he couldn't go. Then you got to try and get Dorian Thompson Robinson ready uh, in two hours, but that that was like trying to climb Mount Everest. It just goes to show just how important preparation is. Because part of the reason I was feeling so negative in in the midweek of this week was I was looking at. DTR's performance against Baltimore, arguably in a vacuum. Yeah. And kind of overlooking the fact that he was literally told that morning, hey, you're in. Yeah, never you got know? a never got a single practice with the ones. This yeah. week, this week he practiced entirely with the ones. And yeah, okay. He wasn't he wasn't fantastic. Like we're not thinking like, oh, we can go on a run here with DTR. Like, we can because of the defense, not because of the quarterback position right now. But listen, if you compare his start against the Ravens to today, it's night and day. And yeah. he led a game-winning drive at the end of the game. That's the most significant part of all, by far. Like, you look at the stats of it, 24 for 43, 165 yards and a pick. Like, yeah. that doesn't look good. Most of the game didn't look good, quite frankly. But when it really mattered, when the chips were really down, and you had a chance to finally 
squish the cockroaches, so to speak. That's right. Which has been a very hard thing for teams to do. Yes. This guy stepped up and made plays. Yep. So did Joku. So did Hunt. So did Amari Cooper. Yeah, and also we've much maligned Njoku on this podcast, but he he had a couple of really good catches on that final drive that he helped us get into field goal range. Yeah. And look, it it wasn't even the final drive of the game. He also engineered a point scoring drive at at uh, right before half, which yes. would have been a touchdown if you know I just gave Njoku a little bit of flowers, but he, he dropped caught, the touchdown he pass. The ball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so look, those two drives were the difference in us losing and winning. Fourteen nothing with a much more imposing score than a ten nothing. Sure, I mean being up two scores on Pittsburgh. I mean that's like, you know, if you're playing a team like Kansas City, fourteen nothing against Pittsburgh is like maybe twenty eight nothing against Kansas City. Right. You know, or a team, another team that has a really good offense like a Dallas or Miami or whomever. Right. Yeah. You know. um, so anyway, Browns seven and three. We are now over 500 in the division at 3-2, and two, with our only remaining divisional game being the last week of the season against Cincinnati when they're probably not going to be playing anybody. Probably and not. They're done. I'm sorry. They're done. Listen, I think the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow is another guy. Could, they, could this be the five-win scenario? Where, except yeah, with, it the could, Ravens, yeah, right with the Ravens the Bengals? Right, exactly. Where they just lose out? I think they're going to bottom out because, <laughs> listen, listen, I don't think they're a very good team without Joe Burrow. I don't either. I think the Browns are still a good team without their quarterback. I don't I think, think well, they've proven is. it. They proved it back Cincinnati when PJ Walker is. was playing, and now they're 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 yeah. proving with DTR. But but and week eighteen, they're going to be out of any sort of uh, playoff uh, scenario. They're not gonna so they're not going to play anybody, especially so, given the teams that have to play remaining. Jeez, oh man! Right. Um. So the Browns are looking good division wise. Uh, for you know, only having one divisional game left. Hopefully, they can win that and finish four and two. And I'll tell you what. I, listen, some of these games that are on the back half of our schedule are not looking as easy as they did maybe three or four weeks ago. Namely, our opponent next week, who we'll watch them in Sunday Night Football tonight. But uh, Denver is showing signs of life. Uh. Houston, who we thought was going to be one of the worst teams in the league again this year, they're six and four. They won today uh, again. I do want uh, to point something out. This is you mentioned Houston. Uh, when we play Jacksonville in Week 14, yep. the Sunday night game that week is Philadelphia at Dallas. Yep. There's no way in hell they're flexing that game out. Right. But Browns Texans, the Sunday night game that week is, and that's Christmas Eve night, is New England at Denver. Ooh. There's a very good chance that game is going to get flexed. Yeah. And you know. It very well could be Browns Texans the way the way these two teams are playing right now. Yeah, so it's that'd be really fascinating. That's what's interesting Christmas too. Night. What's interesting too is do the Browns now go? Listen, the Browns have always been the quote unquote lovable losers, and then they make the trade for Deshaun Watson, and it seems like everybody hates them. Everybody wants to make that <laughs> joke. Now that Deshaun now Watson is out, gone. do they now go back to? Hey, you know it would be really cool to see the Browns win. You know, I think the answer to that's yes. Listen, quite frankly, yeah, probably because Watson we know is not coming back this year, so he's out of sight, out of mind. Yep. Um, and he was on the sidelines today. I don't know if he's going to be on the sidelines much the rest of the season because he's scheduled for his shoulder surgery, uh, like tomorrow or Tuesday, in L.A. And then he's going to be rehabbing out in L.A. I'm pretty much, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So I don't know how much uh, he's going to be around the team moving forward. 
um, which is neither here nor there. But I'm just saying, like, like people are going to be a lot more uh, readily supportive of the Browns if, like, he's out of sight, out of mind. Because, you know, if he was on the sidelines every week, the camera would cut to him, like, every every other play. Oh, I'm sure they would. Um, yeah. And speaking of guys who have not been on the sidelines, I wanted to make sure we touched on this before we uh, transitioned into uh, around the NFL. The voice of the Browns made his return to the radio booth uh, today. Uh, Jim Donovan, uh, who, as everybody knows, is uh, once again battling leukemia, uh, battled it, was in remission, and unfortunately it came back uh, just as the season was starting. He called week one the win against uh, Cincinnati and then hasn't been with the team since. He came back today, and he did the, the uh, ceremonial guitar smash uh, before the game, which wow. the Browns do every game. Uh, it was a terrible towel-themed guitar, and Jimmy D just went to town smashing the hell out of that thing. Um, so that got the crowd riled up. What a moment. And just before that, the Dark Knight theme hit in the stadium. And Nick Chubb emerged from the tunnel, uh, obviously on crushes. He just had his second surgery this week. He had his ACL surgery this week. Um, and supposedly from everybody who was there, I knew a few people that were there, uh, the stadium got as loud as, almost as loud as like the run William run play, mm. seeing him emerge from the tunnel. Because he had been away from the team on game day. He hadn't been at the stadium. Um so that was super cool. Uh, once I saw both of those things, I'm like, we're not losing. Not surprising to see the Browns play so well in the first half after yeah. all that. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure we acknowledge that. Uh, hopefully you continue to get better, Jim. Um, he's just – he's the best. And then Kevin Stefanski presented him with a game ball after the game, um, which was awesome. The Browns put it up on their social media. That was that was super cool to see. You could tell he was a little emotional. Um so, yeah, um, that was great. Um, just to kind of put a bow on our on our recap of the game so we can talk about what else happened in the NFL today. So we mentioned already last Thursday night the Ravens played the Bengals and beat them 34-20. to Joe Burrow's out for the season, and their guy who is in charge of reporting injuries to the league and their social media manager are both in hot water <laughs> after yeah. that whole fiasco. That game, so. that game was like, I mean, not only Joe Burrow, as we know, out for the season. Mark Andrews, too. Mark Andrews broke his leg in that game. Ouch. Uh, and then Lamar Jackson was hobbled during that game, too. He finished the game, and he's probably going to be okay moving forward. But he was also hobbled during that game. So a big war of attrition in that game. It's getting nasty, just league-wide. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just, I mean, you. I don't know if it's just it seems more raw now just because it's in the real time, but... I don't remember so many significant players, especially and especially the, at the quarterback like position. Quarterbacks has just been—it's been ridiculous. I mean, you think about it. First game of the year after four plays, Rodgers, uh, Kirk Cousins also torn Achilles. Uh, Matt Stafford has missed time. Deshaun Watson, uh, now Joe Burrow. Um, you know, we can go on and on. Who else? Uh, Brock Purdy missed a few games. Uh, uh, who There's, else am I missing? Stafford. I think I mentioned Stafford. Um, yeah. Ky- Kyler Murray just came back. Um, from an injury sustained last year. Yeah. Yeah. 
Justin Fields missed about uh, He's four, been out or five for about weeks. four or five games. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, the, the the quarterback situation with the New York Giants, too. The New York teams have just gotten crushed. Daniel Jones, gone. Daniel Jones and then Tyrod Taylor, gone. Uh, you know, it's crazy. You know, thank God uh, for Tua because, you know, how we were talking the entire offseason, you know, if he takes one more bad hit, his career might be over. I was just going to mention, it's amazing that the only two of the few guys that haven't missed any time are Lamar Jackson and Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, uh, Anthony mm-hmm. Richardson with the Colts out yeah, for the year. He's gone. Uh, it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. It's <laughs> so. like a quarter of the league has quarter has yeah. quarterbacks with season-ending injuries at this point. Yeah. But yeah, the, sucks to be the Bengals, but you know, oh well. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not throwing a pity party for the Bengals. Yeah, obviously Browns beat Steelers 13-10. Especially Steelers by team. the way, by the way, sorry, I keep I keep sidetracking. All all their stupid fans online when Deshaun Watson was announced out saying, "Oh, karma, karma, karma," blah 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 blah, and then not even three days yeah, later, it lasted only about two days. Gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, karma. Yeah, you want to talk about karma? Yeah, karma, bitch. People who actively are like rooting for or worse laugh at injuries at are the, just yeah, th- right. those people are just scumbags. Right. Period. Yeah. No matter what team you support, no matter what they're city just, you're from, they're, that's yeah, just, they're just they want you're just a jerk. They just, just wanted to jab. jab that, they just wanted to jab that because they can't beat us on the field. They really can't. They've beaten us on the field like one time in the last three years or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, continuing with the one o'clock window, and there was some. What everybody saying? L A night. Yeah. Speaking of L A. Oh, the Chargers. Ooh. Guaranteed, if it's a game on the line, the Chargers will find a way. Will find a way to lose. And sure enough. They're down three, and somehow one of their receivers beats the DB on the near wide side of the field. He's wide open. open. Justin Herbert hits him with the pass. Drops right. it in the bucket. <laughs> he freaking drops the pass. <laughs> Chargers end up losing the game by three in Green Bay, 23-20. to 20. Green Bay, I guess, is still alive in the NFC because the NFC is not very good compared to the AFC, but the Chargers are pretty much screwed at four and six. Yeah. So... Yeah, stinks to be you. You know, that's just par for the course for L.A. The Miami Dolphins, Mm -hmm. they didn't have a very good day today, honestly. They only put up 20 points. They didn't cover the spread, but they did find a way to beat Vegas 20 to 13. Yeah, this is this is interesting because I I did not I did not. This was not part of my uh, my picks can pick them. Yeah. Uh, well, but, that was smart by you because I did. Well, I, I also I don't know why I didn't because I, I totally thought this was a Miami blowout spot. I like mean, Miami's the, been straight killing teams at home all year. Well, I mean, it's just like that and uh, Vegas. Okay, they've gotten the two week bump from their interim coach. You know, somebody the rug's going to get pulled out from underneath them at some point. And I thought this was a perfect spot. You have to go across the country to Miami to play against them. They did a pretty decent job. Vegas did that. You know, yeah. Maybe, maybe the rumors of the Raiders' death are greatly exaggerated. But yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they're what they're yeah. five and six now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it doesn't look likely that they'll be in the playoff picture, but they are on the graph. They're on the completely. They're on the graphic. They are on the in the hunt graphic. Miami moves to seven and three with that win. They are now they are atop the AFC East right now. So they're they're sitting pretty good. They're only a half game out of the conference lead as well. Continuing the one o'clock window. So Detroit, 
This game did not look good for Detroit for much no. of the day. They were down, I think, what was it, 26-14 early in the fourth quarter. But then the Lions started playing like the Lions. The Bears started playing like the Bears. And the Lions came from behind and won this game 31-26. to So Detroit does find a way. They go to 8-2. and Chicago falls to 3-7, and I believe, with that defeat. So, I mean, ultimately that's not bad for the Bears. They're kind of in it for a draft pick at this point. But, mm -hmm. uh Man, the Lions eight and two. Like, even the most optimistic of Lions fans or national people who thought the Lions could be good this year based on their second half last year. Yeah. I don't think most people thought eight and two. I mean, that's like that's that's fantastic. Honestly. They're second in the NFC. They're second in the whole league in terms of record right now. Yeah. And that's are the Lions a Super Bowl contender in your eyes? Yes. Yeah, I'd have to say they are. Honestly. A contender to get to the Super Bowl? Yes, because the NFC stinks. I mean, it's top heavy. You have Philly and maybe San Fran to deal with, but like that's true. Other than them, there's nobody. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm sure you're you're obviously <laughs> you're going to get to them in a little bit, but San Fran kind of looks like they're all the way back. Yeah, they went through a really ugly stretch for a while there, but injuries, yeah. man. It started against us. We beat them up, man. We I mean, not. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go there next. I mean, we're going with the home cooking. I mean, if if if, if home cook, if the trend is coming to you at this point that I've not read off a road team winning you're you're right <laughs> yeah right so far then the 49ers they defeated the Buccaneers 27 to 14 Brock Purdy threw it around today he had almost 30 fantasy points I mean everything's you know again you said Debo Samuel coming back was a really big deal and yeah. it's it, yeah it's, he makes he makes their offense unique like they're not to say that they're easy to defend when he's not in there because they still have McCaffrey they still have Kittle they still have Ayuk like and they still have a really good offensive line, but like they they essentially become almost like unguardable with Debo. Yeah, they they haven't been slowed down in the last two weeks. In fact, the team that they blew out last week, Jacksonville, they got it done at home today. They they defeated Boy, Tennessee thirty four. I am really really kicking myself. This is another one where I I feel like I should have take I should have taken Jacksonville. This was such a get right spot for the Jags. But at the last second, I didn't because I'm like, eh, divisional game. You never know how those are going to go. That's exactly how I felt. Like, yeah. I'd taken Jacksonville in two of their home games this year. I got burned both times. I yeah. was like, I'm not going back to that well. But this was such a get-right spot. <laughs> yeah, and it truly was. And, you know, the Titans don't have anything going for themselves right now. The, no, the, they stink. Yeah, the Jaguars are 7-3. and three. They're right in that mix atop the AFC yeah. as well, along with Kansas Boy. City, along with Miami, along with Cleveland. The AFC Baltimore. is such a meek rider. <sighs> it really is, man. man. Lots of teams up there. And and one of those teams that's getting close to the top, I mean, we've talked mentioned them earlier in the show, Houston Texans. Yeah. You know, they didn't necessarily look great today. They fell behind early against Arizona. And you said that this game was a little bit of a swerve game. And, yeah, the, the they didn't even cover the spread. They only won this game by five. Houston, yeah, I, just, but I thought they, that I thought the Kyler Murray factor. He's 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 kind of an X factor. I, I feel like in Arizona in does look like a a competent team again. Yeah, unlike when we played them a few weeks ago. Right. And so you you were right to to, to point and Stroud that out. and C J Stroud probably had his his like like welcome to the NFL game and they still won. He didn't play very well today. I mean, he threw for a lot of yards, but I think he turned the ball over at least a few times. C.J. Stroud today, yeah, oh, for more than a few. He was 27-37 to 37 for 336 yards and two touchdowns. If I stopped reading there, that sounds amazing. Yeah, he'd be like, damn, what are you talking about? But he threw three interceptions. Yeah. So there was a taste of 
case of good and also bad today. I'm guessing some of those picks came after like long drives, maybe in the red zone and took yeah, points it, off the board. Listen, he he uh he was twenty like you said, twenty seven to thirty seven, three hundred almost three hundred and forty yards, two touchdowns. And again, if you stopped right there, you think, Oh, his QBR, he's gotta be like, you know, eighty, eighty something. No ninety five. His QBR was forty one. QBR really penalizes you for turning the ball over. His rate as his, it should. His rating is eighty was eighty five, but his QBR was forty one point four. Yeah, the passer rating doesn't hurt you as much for turning the ball over. No. QBR really hurts you bad. Yeah. Little guy on who hurt you bad. Um another team uh, Okay. I, I need to add Buffalo to my not bet list at this point because so last week I was pretty convinced Buffalo was going to have a get-right game, and they sucked yeah. and lost at home to Denver. So I said, okay, I'm done with them. And I, when I saw they were over a touchdown favorite again, I'm like, all right, give me the Jets. <laughs> wrong. Buffalo that, came well, out and you weren't complete, wrong. completely demolished the You were the really Jets wrong. 32-6. So maybe rumors of the Bills' demise are greatly exaggerated because uh, I, I was about ready to stick the fork in them completely after last week. They played the Jets at – it's, the Jets are not very good. No. So, like, okay. The Jets haven't scored a touchdown like, a month. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think today is the first time. It, they, I think their six points did come from a touchdown. I just oh, think, oh, it did? I just think either they didn't hit the extra point or they went for two and didn't get it. Oh, that'd be so funny. if it. So. No, so now they can say no touchdown with an extra point for the last two months. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, it was a pass from Jack Wilson to Brees Hall and the two yep. point conversion failed. They were down sixteen nothing at the time, so they were oh. trying to get back to within one score. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that makes sense. But not a good day for the Jets, obviously. They're New. four and six. They're not very good. The Bills get back to six and five. And the fact that these other teams like the Raiders and the Bengals lost this week definitely helps Buffalo's position. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh also. Yep. Granted they're still on the outside looking in because they're behind Pittsburgh and Houston, but they're only half game out. They're, you know, they could still do it. Yep. Their schedule down the stretch kind of sucks, though, so they got that to consider. And then there's the Seahawks, who had a 16-7 to lead, looked like they were cruising at SoFi this afternoon against the Rams, and then they lost Geno Smith, they lost Kenneth Walker, and everything just started to implode after that. The Rams came back, and even though Geno Smith did come back out for a final drive, they didn't they, they win. Got, they got back in for a final field goal attempt, but it was me. Wow, he missed the field goal. And the Rams come out with a 17-16 to 16 lead. This is probably the only time where plus one and a half, which to me is like a pick em line, you know, ends up being significant because Seattle only loses by one, so it's a cover. Yep. <laughs> I'll take it. Yep, I had but, them. I think I had them plus two. Yep, but, I had them plus two. But anyway, the this is a devastating loss for Seattle. Like, yes. this is a game they absolutely should have won, and they didn't. And that, yep, it's a division they've game. They've now too, fallen which, back. They've now fallen back behind uh, 49ers for that the That hurts. League. And the Rams, the Rams are four and six, which I guess in the NFC means they're not completely out of it. But like. Bad, bad defeat for Seattle today. So, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games, all won by home teams. Wow! I'm finally just now getting to the two games that were won by road teams, and oddly, which of course 
Which, of course, the one you're going to talk about ruined my Moneyline parlay I put together today. Yeah. Um, well, let me go to the one that didn't, first of all. The Cowboys, who ah, finally yes. looked like the Cowboys in a road game. They, I mean, granted, it was against the Panthers, but they win this game 33-10. to 10. Yeah, I don't care what the spread the, is for the, for the Panthers. Bet against them. I took a flyer on Panthers' money line because it was like 450. And the Cowboys Oof. have been bad on the road this season. They already lost to Arizona away. So I was thinking, okay, this this isn't a bad spot for a flyer bet like that. But Carolina was actually in, in it until like the late third quarter, and then the Cowboys just kind of opened I saw I saw you texting me that, and I just pictured you rolling down your window in your car and just throwing the money right out the window. Ah, <laughs> here's five. Yeah, like there's no way. <laughs> yeah. So hey, Dallas, hey. I believe, a... is now seven and three. Yeah, they will really be rooting for Kansas City to knock off. Philadelphia on Monday Indeed. night. They're going to need Philly to start taking on water because the Cowboys have already lost three games within their conference. The Eagles have not lost any. So we'll see how that goes. And then the game that unfortunately blew your parlay today was the Commanders, who the Commanders have been the hardest, maybe the hardest team in the whole league to figure out. Like some weeks they look like a good team. And then other weeks, like they played the Bears at home and they got beat. Yeah. Now they played the Giants at home and they got beat again. Yeah. Like, I would be furious if I was a Commanders fan. Like, you've, you've basically blown your season on those two games. Yep. Like, and now you're 4-7, and seven and you're pretty much dead. Yep. Like, wow. The Giants put up 31 points. With Tommy DeVito, who still lives with his parents, and his mommy still makes his bed. That's a true story, by the way. It's a pretty good deal if you can, <laughs> if you can get it. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, Saquon Barkley gave Matthew 30 points in fantasy today. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so, for the call. I didn't even know Saquon Barkley was even still playing because it seems like he's always hurt. But you know, He is indeed playing. He is indeed, and he balled out today. So Giants are now 3-8. and eight. The Commanders are 4-7. and seven. Neither one of those teams is going anywhere. So Sunday night game this just got kicked off. You win, By the time you listen to this, you'll know who won this game. The Vikings playing against the Broncos. Vikings at six and four, the Broncos at four and five. Both of these teams are very much in form, to use the soccer term. The Vikings have won six in a row. The Denver, have, I believe, have won the last two. Yeah. And you know this. Let's see what let's see what the pastor is going to do today. More critical game for Denver, I would say. But uh, you know, if Minnesota wins this game, they're very they're very looking much ver- looking yeah. very good for a wild card, and maybe not even out of the NFC North race. No. So, no, you know, that's, that's why Detroit coming back and winning was so significant. Cause yes. the loss today, you know, Minnesota would have been able to climb within a half game. So Minnesota. And then Monday night. Oh my goodness. Is this a matchup? Big one. Super Bowl rematch. So much so that the league actually put both of these teams on buys the week previous. Yeah. So, you yeah. don't see that very often. They they had this circled all the way. It's the Super Bowl 57 like mid, rematch. Yeah, it's like the mid-season Super Bowl. Philadelphia at Kansas City. Both Eagles teams are the number one, one seeds. Chiefs 7-2. and two. Oh, my goodness, is this going to be a game. At Arrowhead. The ratings are going to be off the wall for this game. ESPN, ESPN and ABC both broadcasting this Maybe game. Maybe it's just because they've they've been the number one seed in the, in the, in the AFC playoffs like the last five years. But... <laughs> Do the Chiefs ever play a big game on the road? Ever? When was the last it, time they played a big game on the it's road? It's funny you mention that because they're two like, 
biggest games, well, what you thought were going to be the biggest games in the second half beside this game, Buffalo and Cincinnati, they're both at home too. Yeah. Like, I know, like, you're supposed to, it's supposed to rotate every few years with the divisions and everything, right. but, like, right. yeah, it seems like they, for whatever reason, they play a lot of bad teams on the road and a lot of good teams at home. Oh, no wonder they're the one seed every year. <laughs> Definitely helps. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's exactly the type of distribution you want to win a bunch of games. Yeah. If your team is good. Exactly. If your team's bad like the Commanders, then, you know, you're losing to those teams at yeah. home. I will say, oh, <laughs> boo-hoo, they had to go play a game in, uh, they had to go play a game in Frankfurt this year. Yeah. But, well, uh, the AFC teams get an extra home game, so, you know, logically you'd want to put those games over in Europe if you could. Well, they were playing another yeah. AFC team in that one. Right. They played the Dolphins. I mean. So, but. Uh, so, anyway. As we kind of alluded to, it is very crammed atop the AFC. Now we were talking AFC North previously, and it still is a little bit crammy, although it's you know spaced out a little more now. Baltimore is eight and three, Cleveland is seven and three, Pittsburgh is six and four, and Cincinnati is five and five, and certainly slated to go the wrong direction without Joe Burrow. So really, you got one horse out of the race now. It's it's now a three horse race, and some would even debate as to whether Pittsburgh is really serious in this as well but you know they're a game and a half out you have to at least give them the token look for now but browns are only a half game behind baltimore for the division lead kansas city is seven and two you're only a half game behind them and then the other two teams atop the afc jacksonville and miami you got the same record as them so you're right in that top echelon yep Right behind them is Houston six and four, Pittsburgh six and four. So those are your your playoff teams right now. Those seven Browns have two w- winnable road games coming up the ne- the next two weeks, playing against Denver and then against the L.A. Rams. The Browns are actually are staying out west in between those two games. They are not coming home in between. I think that's smart. Yeah, they're they're flying out to Denver, playing the Denver game, and then they're going straight to uh, L.A. And it's not like it's a super long flight to Denver, but like. Yeah. You know, it's about three hour flight. I mean, they could come back if they wanted to, but like I get why they're not. You know? Yeah. Are they gonna stay in Colorado? They're gonna go to California. <sighs> they're going to LA right after the game. Okay. They're practicing at UCLA all week leading up to it. That is that's a brilliant move. Honestly. Yeah. That is brilliant. I mean, Talk about throwing your fifth round rookie QB a bone. Yeah, been, going back to his alma mater, taking him home. Week. You talk about uh, making him feel comfortable. That's fantastic. I mean, I, I'm, obviously, I'm glad they're doing that. I mean, obviously, the Browns had this planned out before they knew, like they knew that DTR was going to be playing in that in that game. But oh, you mean they weren't going to go to USC and then they're like, er, er, let's go. Oh to UCLA no, they've instead. had this. They've they've oh. had this plan before the season started. <laughs> um. So yeah. yeah. But anyway, that is. Week, tw- 11. week 11. Week 11. I did it again. Week 11 in the NFL season in a nutshell. Like we said, we still got the game tonight, which has just kicked off. And then we have the game uh, Monday night, which if you're listening to this, you're probably listening to this on Monday. Anyway, so the game tonight, we'll say. Uh, the Eagles at the Chefs. Who own the Chiefs? That's right. So, anyway. Browns, huge win. Huge wins the last two weeks. They are seven and three. They control their own destiny in the AFC North, and, and possibly the conference too. You never know. Yeah, we're we're riding high. We're thinking big. But anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, thanks for listening. As always, we really appreciate it. And uh, you know, you can find us on social media 
At Stiffs McGee. And at Daniel J. Ford. You can find the show at the LOTL podcast. And Squealer fan, I just have uh, one thing to say to you. See you guys. Bye.